all very subdued this morning. Be it the music or the weather or any of that, uh, I pray uh, that, that we all receive what we need to from the Lord today as we continue to share in this time together. Now this morning we read about the baptism of Jesus from the Gospel of Luke. It's a passage that follows both the logical progression of Jesus' life as he was born, presented, the Magi show us that he is the Lord, and then he begins his ministry with baptism. It's an act of faith that precedes his ministry, and it's an act of faith that mirrors our own ministry in our own lives. We share in baptism, and then begin a ministry of sorts in our own lives. This reading also features John the Baptist. Again, we've mentioned him before in recent weeks. And his prophetic ministry draws many people out there to that river, out there to the wilderness, to experience and get in touch with the power of God. The people are drawn to his promise of the forgiveness of sins. And his ministry is bearing fruit. People are discovering a distinct call to love one another and everybody. From the poorest of the poor to the, even the tax collectors are receiving word about the importance of this ministry. The importance of God's work through John. God has this agenda of love and grace and forgiveness and and striving for equality between people, no matter their economic or political advantages. And, and, And John is leading the people to God through a ministry that talks about that. And he's doing it in such a way that the people who had been expecting that a Messiah would someday come start to ask, Is this the one who is to come? He wasn't. We know that. But we see that the people are filled with expectations that lead them to see and sense God anew this morning. That's what we see when we turn to Luke chapter 3. We'll read verses 15 through 17 and then 21 and 22. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But to the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think we take it for granted, but 
But we need to seriously consider at times, not all the time, but sometimes, the power of water. Water is powerful, isn't it? Water is connected to life. Water carved the Grand Canyon. Drips of water can erode the sidewalk. And floods of water eviscerate communities. Water can destroy and water can give. And the power of water is obvious with things like tsunamis and flash floods and big floods and waves and riptides and leaks where they're not supposed to be. In the wrong place at the wrong time. But harnessed correctly, of course, water brings life and hope, and, and progress, and growth. And those four things are not necessarily the same thing. Water generates electricity, feeds crops so we can eat. Our bodies need water to live. And clean water is a basic building block of a modern community and society. Water provides a place of fun and pleasure on hot summer days and allows us to experience the mystical, amazing sensations of riding a wave on a surfboard or, in a different form, skiing or snowboarding down a big hill. And then, of course, there's the spiritual matters as it relates to water. Somewhere there's a joke about a bunch of Baptists staying home on a day when it's raining real hard because we're the ones who aren't afraid to get in the water. But water, it's mattered since the beginning, not just since the beginning of the Baptists. God separates the water from the land. The Spirit hovers over the waters in the beginning. Rivers and seas are sources of life and places of baptism. Several of Jesus' disciples make their living as fishermen on the water. Jesus himself turns water into wine, walks on the water, reappears to his disciples after his resurrection by the waters, and calms the waters at one point. Within the context of our faith, and spiritually speaking, then, of course, it is the waters of baptism that we claim... We believe that God helps us to wash clean our sins and help us to understand and embrace God's fullness. The waters of baptism are transformative. And so we follow Jesus into those waters. When we're washed in the waters of baptism, we proclaim that Jesus is Lord and the, the water, in a way destructs our life and then gives us a new one. Or maybe it's more palatable or easier to understand that, that when we walk through the waters of baptism, we should expect not just to die to the sin and be alive to Christ, but to, through the power of baptism, be completely reoriented. Our expectations should be reoriented as well. 
walking through the waters of baptism can mean that our agenda, our demands, and our exclusive plans for how our life will be completely oriented might be changed and redirected towards God's love and hope and forgiveness and freedom and ministry through the gifts that we've been given. Now, I haven't really told you anything new. That sounds obvious, and that sounds nice. But for those of you who may want to hear a more definitive edge to, well, the power of God to reorient us, there's a spiritual writer named Henry Nowen who was a priest and a pastor and a teacher, and his spiritual mentor prayed this prayer over him. May all your expectations be frustrated. May all your plans be thwarted. May all your desires be withered into nothingness. That you may experience the powerlessness and the poverty of a child and sing and dance in the love of God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. That you might be reoriented away from relying on yourself towards experiencing fully the call and the love and the assurance of God. Oh, there's truth in that language, but I don't want us to feel broken down and, and thwarted and withered, but to feel built up. And for that to happen, it's, ex- it's essential that we expect that the cleansing flood of our baptism, the flood of Jesus' love that washes over us, In those waters of baptism, it's important for us to remember or reclaim the promise that God's love and work in the world are not just about our ideas and our agenda. Because the waters reorient us. Reorient us and build us up when we're open and when we expect that to happen. Of course, expectations are a funny thing. Expectations can lead us to strange places. Expectations can lead us down dead ends. And, and well, well, I think a little bit about childlike expectations. When I was a child, I remember television commercials for toys. And one year specifically, I remember those commercials for that first batch of vintage Transformers when they came out. The commercials were lifelike and vibrant and vivid and amazing, and I thought those toys are going to be lifelike and vibrant and vivid and amazing, and so they went on my Christmas list. They were going to transform my room into a battle zone of life and animation. And when I got the toys, they were like cars and kind of like robots. They looked like planes and kind of like machines. And the animation of the commercials could not be met with my two hands fighting with one another. My room was not transformed, and so in subsequent holiday seasons, my expectations were changed, and my Christmas list was as well. And having a simple childlike expectation like this is understandable. Of course, I don't have the imagination that some children do either, 
And so maybe their transformers were more fulfilling for them. But childlike expectations are often tied to the permanent fixtures that that children can tangibly touch and experience in the world. And sometimes we, as adults, hang on to that type of expectation too long and rely too far on our own agendas and fail to allow our expectations to be redirected towards the power and love of God at work in the world. We rely so much on what we want to do or acquire or experience that that we miss God's reorienting presence around us and and will make, make no mistake, Jesus' baptism, our baptism, reorients us. And in reorienting us, it also affirms us of God's presence with us. Sometimes, though, we think, well, I'll just get baptized and everything will work well. I'll remember my baptism and everything will go smooth. We turn baptism and a spiritual life into this economic trade-off, almost like doing good and experiencing good and finding some karma or something in it all. And people begin to think that, that, well, the, the waters of baptism shouldn't reorient. They should... They should just make life easier. The waters of baptism shouldn't change our plans. They should just help make more good things happen. And turning to faith should just melt the problems away. But you read on a few verses, and you see that having such an expectation of faith might set set us up for failure. Because John hits a rough patch right away. And Jesus' story ends with resurrection, which is the good news. But you know what you need to get to resurrection. The promise of faith is not that, 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 that bad things will no longer strike good people. Though that is a legitimate question. The promise of faith and baptism and reorienting ourselves around the waters of baptism are the affirmation that God's presence will be with us through the presence of the Spirit who descends upon us. And the hope of baptism is that we find fulfillment in having our sins wash away and our our expectations reorient. And we find something more fulfilling through the ongoing presence and blessing of God with us. And then the hope and assurance comes in realizing that the cleansing waters don't just keep us from hell, but help us when what we're going through feels like it is a hell of sorts here on earth. The cleansing waters of baptism are the assurance of God's love with us, But experiencing that makes me wonder, do we expect that from our faith and baptism? Do we expect that no longer what, no matter what, God will be with us? And do we expect that when we gather and when we meet and when we open scripture and when we turn our hearts to prayer, that God will lead us somewhere? I think that if we can adjust our expectations rightly, 
we might meet God rightly as well. Because you see, the passage starts with, as the people were filled with expectation. They were filled with expectation, so much so that they were, they were ready and they saw that the glimpses of God's love and God's work were alive and there in John. And, and, and was he the one that would provide the consolation for Israel? Oh, he was just the forerunner. But even the glimpses were enough to generate excitement and hope. John was not the Savior, but he he provides an essential role by shaping the expectations of the people. And though he meets a terrible end just a few chapters down the road, the good news is that the people's reoriented expectations away from John and towards Jesus open them up to the amazing, fulfilling life that that came when they were connected to Jesus and his ministry. And so we ask about our expectations again. What are they? What are your expectations for Jesus and his ministry and your life through him, having followed him through the waters of baptism? Did the cleansing waters of baptism reorient you or do you need to be reoriented again? It's possible. I think we all need that sometimes. And there's no shame in admitting that we do. The question is, will we be ready for it or not? Are we ready and willing to receive and embrace God's reorientation through the waters? Or will we put it off? You see, I began by thinking about the power of of water and and when we don't expect it, when we, when we don't anticipate it, we don't prepare for it, water is quite destructive. We know that by name. Katrina, Matthew, Fran, Florence, Hugo, Henry, Michael, and I could go on. For some, these were reorienting storms. For those who weren't expecting them, they were destructive. They were disorienting and life-changing in a way that nobody wants to experience. And if we let the waters of baptism do that to us without, well, without shaping our expectations around what God might want, we can feel destroyed as well. But if we expect that the waters of baptism reorient us, then they will open the gates of our heart to God's work in the world. And we can embody Jesus' ministry even now today. Water's power to move and shape anything in its path can be akin to an invitation to each of us to allow our faith, our engagement with the people of God, our connection to the body of Christ, and our attention to the Lord through all things, especially things like worship, service, discipleships, and prayer. The waters can reframe and reorient and reshape us to better embody and experience God's presence and work in the world. And so today, the people gathered at those waters with expectation. And their expectations were transformed. 
And the question we ask is, will we be transformed? How might our expectations be reshaped? How might we grow closer to God and to one another and to God's work by allowing our expectations to be reoriented through God's waters in our life? I think that's the question today. And my hope is that we'll open our hearts to it. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we gather to experience worship today. We gather to experience time with one another, to sing songs, to take time away from the busyness of the rest of our lives. And Lord, we do gather to be oriented or reoriented towards you today. Lord, we give thanks that your waters are ever-present with us, that your waters fulfill the promise that we are forgiven, that we are loved. And Lord, we ask that you help the waters that we walk through each day, and even the waters we walk through this day as we walk out, remind us of your reorienting love and your call upon us. And Lord, help us to be ready. Help us to be open and grant us the courage to step forward and serve you and follow you faithfully wherever you lead. This, O oh Lord, is our prayer. And we offer it in your name today. Amen.